The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, on November 25, 2012, based on John 18, verses 33-37. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit brings us the words of Jesus himself, is John 18, verses 30. Verses uh, 33 through 37, please listen again to the gospel. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews, but now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying, I am a king. In fact, For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. It was no royal scene, no pomp and circumstances, no, not, not any of that splendor of high officials parading in court before the, his majesty. Not, uh, not none of the pageantry, none of the costumes or the dress that you would see at a coronation. But just a man. A haggard man standing there. He had already had a long, hard night. Beginning with emotional and spiritual turmoil. As he wrestled in prayer saying, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. What sorrow overwhelmed his soul, and his sweat became like drops of blood. And this was just the beginning. Soon he was betrayed by a friend, and the others abandoned him. One of his closest friends denied even knowing him. Falsely accused, he spent the entire night standing at trial before the Jewish council. And when morning came, they condemned him and brought him before the governor Pontius Pilate. That's where we meet him today in the text here. And although he's already been knocked around by the guards and mocked and ridiculed, as you well know, the worst was yet to come. Yes, yes, far, far worse. The flogging, the thirst, the crucifixion, the forsakenness, Behold your king. Yes, how weak and foolish our king looks here. 
And so how weak and foolish his kingdom must be. Or at least that's what it appears to the natural human mind and darkened heart. But his kingdom, dear friends, is out of this world. It is entirely contrary to the way this world thinks and evaluates things. Now, don't get me wrong. When I say his kingdom is out of this world, that that doesn't mean that he doesn't have control here. No. Our king exercises complete power and authority over this world. He governs and rules all things in heaven above, on earth below, and also underneath, beneath the earth as well. But he does so in such a way that to the world, to the human mind and senses, it looks so weak and foolish because his kingdom is not of this world. Through the word of God before us here, dear friends, may the Holy Spirit comfort your hearts by assuring you that Christ's kingdom is out of this world. That's the theme for us to think about here this morning. His kingdom is out of this world. Yes, it appears weak, but Jesus alone is strong to save. Part one. And yes, his kingdom appears foolish, but Jesus speaks the absolute truth. How grand and glorious his kingdom is. It is truly out of this world. Now, it doesn't take long to realize that his kingdom appears weak. All we have to do is look at the world around us. Look at how society keeps on turning its back on Christian values. For example, it condones abortion, Divorce, couples living together outside of marriage, same-sex marriage, evolution, materialism, humanism, the use of God's name to curse and swear. How could a righteous king let such things go on? Or look at the evils in this world, both natural and man-made evils. Hurricanes and earthquakes, famines and poverty, wars and destruction. How could a good king let such things happen? Or look at how many lies are told in his name by churches that claim to follow him. So many churches nowadays deny that this book, the Bible, is God's word. They deny, many deny that God's Law is the standard of right and wrong and condemns to hell all who break it, even in just one point. Many deny that forgiveness is God's free gift, received by faith alone, unearned, unmerited, unasked for, and undeserved by us, but paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, our crucified and risen Savior. How could a wise king let So many churches misrepresent him. Or finally, just take a look at our own lives as we strive to follow our king and to serve him. How often do we face ridicule for doing what is right in his name? Why 
Is it such a struggle to say no to sin and to to keep our hearts from thinking evil? Why is it so hard to love our neighbor as ourselves and to forgive our enemies? Why do we suffer loss and setbacks and injury while those who ignore God seem to prosper? Why does sadness so often overshadow us but gladness seems so far away? Why? Why do crosses visit us so frequently? Would not a mighty and merciful king at least let his people live better lives? Yes. His kingdom appears to be so weak. Just like Jesus looks weak here as he stands before Pilate accused and soon to be condemned. But he, dear friends, he is strong to save. In fact, that is why he came into this world. That is why he humbled himself and lowered himself and became obedient even to death on a cursed cross. For you see, only he was strong enough to carry the burden of all the sins of the world, all of your sins and mine, every last one of them. Only he was strong enough to endure God's wrath and anger against our sin our guilt, and be forsaken in our place, suffering our hell as he hung there on the cross. Only he was strong enough to redeem all sinners, including you and me and everyone else, ransoming us with his holy precious blood. Only he was strong enough to break death's chains and come back to life on the third day. Only he was strong enough to parade through hell in victory as the mighty conqueror who had defeated Satan. Jesus alone is strong to save. He is our crucified and risen King. And so, just as he won salvation for us through the weakness of the cross, So also, through the weakness, hardships, frailty, and crosses of our earthly existence, he exposes the emptiness and futility of this present age so that we cling to him all the more. For only he, our king, is strong to save. In him alone do we have hope. For he brings salvation to all who believe his promises. And so, dear Christian friends, do you seek comfort as you struggle through the hardships and adversities and losses of this earthly life? Do you seek comfort in the midst of our earthly sadness, weaknesses, and frailties? And look no farther than your King, Jesus Christ. For he is strong to save. Look back to his cross and believe his promise. That he 
brings you full and free forgiveness for his blood atones for you and also look forward for he is preparing and has prepared the glory of heaven for you who follow him in faith what a promise the future holds for he will raise our bodies from the dead. Yes, the promise isn't for this earthly existence. He, we, we, we grow old, we die. But he will raise your bodies from the grave and glorify you who believe in him. And when this world is destroyed, our king will create everything new. Yes, a new world, a home of righteousness beyond this land of woe. A new world where we will be before the throne of the Lamb, worshiping him in the glorious splendor of his majestic presence with every tear wiped from our eyes. How his kingdom is so out of this world. Now, I realize that what I've been saying here will sound like foolishness, will sound like the foolishness of fairy tales and empty dreams to many people. Some may simply reject it outright and ridicule those who would follow such silly, foolish notions. Others may say that it's fine for us to believe these things if it motivates us to do good in this world just as it's fine for people to believe whatever other myths or stories, as long as they are inspired by them. But dear friends, we do not believe these things because they make us feel good. No, we believe them because they are the truth. You have the testimony of your king, and Jesus speaks the absolute truth, which brings us to the second part here. Think of those words that he spoke to Pilate here and how foolish they must have sounded as he stood there, worn out and soon to be crucified. For this reason I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Now, I would guess Pilate figured he understood what it meant when Jesus said that for this reason he was born. But no doubt it sounded sort of foolish for Jesus to add, and for this I came into the world. That that seems to be saying that he existed before his conception and birth. It sounds like foolishness to the human mind. But as you well know, Jesus did exist before his conception and birth. In fact, he existed before the creation of this world, for he is the eternal God, the everlasting Son of the Father. He came into this world sent by the Father, and he was born as a human being to take our place under the law and pay our debt of sin by his death as our substitute on the cross. That is the truth that he testifies to. Believe it, dear friends. Believe it with all your heart, soul, and mind. Take him at his word. For Jesus speaks the absolute truth. You have his testimony. 
his unfailing, unbreakable testimony. And as we talk about the truth that Jesus speaks, don't be confused by the way the world talks about truth. The world will often use the word truth or call something true, but as far as the world is concerned, truth is a changeable commodity. What is true today might not be true tomorrow, as the world thinks. Personal truths change as you go through different experiences in life. Political truths change as different parties come to power. Even scientific truth changes and evolves as new discoveries or observations are made. For example, in the 20th century, Einstein's theory of relativity revised the laws of physics that had been accepted as the truth since the days of Sir Isaac Newton in the 1600s. So, when the world says something is true, all it means is that this is the accepted truth for the time being, subject to change at any moment. But Jesus speaks the absolute truth, the unchanging truth for all of time. In fact, not only for all of time, but for all eternity. He speaks and testifies to the unchanging truth. For God does not lie. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he says is more sure and certain, more reliable and trustworthy than even the morning breaking in the east each day. Count on what he says, for his testimony is true and trustworthy. Your king speaks the absolute And it is through this word of truth that he has come into our hearts and established his kingdom within us. Just think of how surprising and out of the world his kingdom is. That even though his kingdom is not of this world, yet his kingdom is inside you and me as we believe his word of truth. For through that word of truth, He reigns in our hearts. His kingdom came into your heart through the word of truth spoken by the water and word of baptism. In baptism, you were born into his kingdom. Now, baptism looks rather foolish to the human eyes, just some water on a baby's head. But you have the testimony of your king that in baptism your sins were washed away and you were reborn as a child of the Heavenly Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you remember your baptism and keep on believing the promises that your king made to you through the water and the word, His kingdom keeps on coming to your hearts as he keeps on reigning in you. And what's more, it's not only through baptism that he does this, but also his kingdom keeps on coming to our hearts as we receive the bread and wine in the Lord's Supper. How foolish to think that someone's body and blood could in reality be present 
But you have the testimony of your king that that is the truth. He has promised and testified that he gives you his body to eat and his blood to drink because he wants you to be sure and certain that he sacrificed his body and blood on the cross for you. He wants you to believe with all certainty that he is your king and you are one of his blood-bought people, one of his redeemed and ransomed. What comfort as his word of truth comes to us through baptism and through the Lord's Supper. And of course, his word of truth also comes as we gladly hear and learn the words of Scripture. For the Holy Scriptures is the word of truth. The Bible is the absolute truth. For you see, the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic words that the Lord gave the prophets and the apostles to write are the testimony of Jesus himself, are the word of God. They are true now and forever. The only thing that changes is how much I grasp of what this book says and how confidently I put it into practice and and hold on to it. But that doesn't change the fact that what's here in the Bible is already the absolute truth. The only thing that is changing is my level of understanding and faith. And yet isn't that a reason for us all the more to gladly hear and learn and study and take to heart this word of truth, the Holy Scriptures? We want to be growing in our knowledge, in our understanding, in our faith. We want to be more and more in sync with the testimony of our King, with the absolute truth that He speaks. And what comfort, dear Christian friends, comes to you and to me through this word of truth. Here is the testimony of our King Jesus Christ, his unfailing testimony. Believe it with all your heart. For Jesus speaks the absolute truth. And he alone is strong to save Through his word of truth, he has brought you into his kingdom and he reigns in your heart. What a surprising, out-of-the-world kingdom this is. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.